Well, we're going to uh, start a new preaching series now, and I'm delighted to uh, introduce Tope. Uh, good morning, church. Uh, it's great to be with you again. Uh, it's great to be able to come and share God's word with you. I've uh, just been thinking about the past year and uh, how things have gone. You know, it would have been absolutely unbelievable to me if um, a year ago somebody had told me that now we would still be social distancing, that we'd just be emerging from another lockdown. And, you know, when I think about the effects as well of the past year on, on all of us, on different people, you know, families um, are in mourning, in grief because of the loss of, uh, the loss of loved ones. Uh, we have people who have lost jobs and some people who haven't lost jobs have suffered a loss of income. And we have children, the impact on them, you know, all the, all the stuff that's been going on in the past year. And, you know, when I think about it, there's just so much, so much has happened, so much has been going on that could cause us uh, to lose hope. And we are, the question that comes to my mind, uh, maybe it comes to yours, is that um, in the midst of so much hopelessness, especially what we've seen in the last year, I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, um, the kind of the pandemic and the, um, the subsequent things that have gone on from that. You know, in the midst of so much hopelessness, where do we find hope? And that's what we're trying to explore in this Easter mini-series that we're going to be doing. Um, and the title of the series is What If Hope Was a Person? And we're going to be looking at the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ specifically. We're going to be looking at it, how it's described in the book of Mark, you know, those last moments of his life. And uh, as we go through the series, I think it's, a good, it's going to be a good opportunity to remind ourselves that Jesus did not just come to bring us hope. But uh, if you look at the way Paul puts in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of our God, our Savior, and of Jesus Christ, our hope. So Jesus didn't just come to bring us hope, Jesus Christ, he is our hope. And for those of you who might be watching or listening to this series, who have not yet come to know Jesus, you know, it's my prayer that as we go through this series, you'll come to know and understand that hope is indeed a person that hope is Jesus. So I'm going to be sharing today from the, um, the opening events uh, as described by Mark that ultimately lead to the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be reading this morning from the book of Mark for chapter 14, verse 12 to verse 31. So I'm going to read now. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room? Where, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, 
and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we bless you for this wonderful opportunity that we have to come together to look into your word, Lord. And I just pray that today, Lord, you will, you will speak to us, Lord. You know, open our eyes, Lord, so that we can see the great hope that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Open our eyes to see that he is our hope, mighty God. And let your name and your name alone be glorified as we share from your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So these are the, um, I guess, the opening events uh, which end up with the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's um, sent his disciples to go and prepare this place, this, in this, this room, you know, where they're all going to come together and, and share what was going to be effectively the, the very last Passover. And I can imagine that the disciples had been looking forward to the Passover. You know, it's one of the, one of the highlights of the Jewish calendar. You know, it's a time when they remembered how God had delivered their ancestors from slavery in Israel. And if we go back to the story in Exodus, we see how God told them to take this lamb without blemish, a male lamb, a year old, and uh, they were to kill the lamb and then put the blood as a, as a kind of marker, a sign on the lintel of the, the door frames of their houses. And as, uh, they, they, as God passed through um, Egypt and uh, basically poured out his wrath on the Egyptians and the firstborn were all killed, the children of Israel were going to be saved. They were going to escape the wrath of God because of the past, because of the, the blood of the lamb. So the Passover was all about deliverance. It was all about redemption. You know, it was all about how God used the blood of, of the lamb, the blood of a lamb to save Israel um, from his wrath. And uh, God wanted them to make it a perpetual remembrance of this redemption. And so every year, year after year, the um, Israel, they obeyed the, the institution of Passover. They would gather together in their homes and they would eat fruit and the bitter herbs and they would drink the wine to remember what God did, how God rescued them uh, from slavery in the land of Egypt. And so Jesus, he comes together with his disciples in this upper room to, to come and share uh, this Passover, this this last Passover. And I guess the disciples would have been very steeped in the traditions of Passover. I mean, uh, they would have been celebrating it with their families right from when they were little children. And here they were now uh, grown men gathering together with Christ. And so it would have been a bit of a shock to them when Jesus departed from the traditional liturgy that they knew that, that surrounded Passover and brought in a, a new interpretation of this historic event that they had been celebrating for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we see that as Christ in the middle of the whole thing, he adds a new meaning to the Passover celebration. 
So he takes the unleavened bread and he attaches a new significance to that bread when he says to them, take, this is my body. And then after supper has been completed, you know, Christ, he takes the cup, that cup of wine. And he, as he takes the cup, he's again, he attaches a new significance to that cup. And he says that this cup, this wine, this, this represents my blood. You know, this is more than just about the blood of the lamb, the Old Testament that would mark your door, that was used to mark the doorpost so that people could escape the wrath of God as he poured it out on Egypt. But now this cup is my blood. And in essence, what Jesus was saying to them is that the Passover was more than just a memorial. The Passover was also looking forward in hope to a time when Jesus, Jesus, the son of God, would be sacrificed as the Passover lamb once and for all, allowing all of us who believe in him to escape the wrath of God on sin. And so Jesus is basically saying to them that this is all about me. You know, this celebration, this meal you've been taking, uh, your ancestors have been taking all these years, it has always been pointing to me. You know, Jesus was saying to them that you were eating in hope, celebrating in hope. I am the hope of the Passover. And so whenever we come to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, which basically Jesus instituted as he brought the Passover to the end, to an end, he institutes the Lord's Supper. And so we also have this same hope in Jesus, the hope of the Passover. It's also the hope that we look to whenever we come together and celebrate the Lord's Supper. You know, when I when we come and celebrate, you know, I think that we I've kind of broken it down into three dimensions that we kind of look at the, the hope of Jesus, the hope that we have in Christ in the Lord's Supper. And there's, there's this essence of the hope that is rooted in the past, you know, rooted in what has been done. There's also this um, thing about the hope that we're looking forward to in the future. So we're looking forward in hope. And then there's also the present sense of that hope that we can feel and we can experience right here and right now. So what is our past? What is the past hope that we have? You know, when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, you know, the people of God were to take the meal to remember God's actions on his people's behalf. Um, Luke, in his description, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So whenever we come together to share this meal, we're reminded of what Christ, what Jesus has done and the hope that we have because of him, the hope that we have in him because of what he has done. You know, this meal is, is a memorial for us. You know, it's meant to send our minds back to those events. It's meant to send our minds back to the upper room and the events that followed on after it. You know, it's about events that really happened in space, in time, amongst real people. You know, the bread broken and the wine uh, poured out, they serve as concrete reminders of Jesus's physical life and the sacrificial death, which occurred once and for all, for all of us in the past. So whenever we take the Lord's Supper, we remember, you know, whenever we take the Lord's Supper, literally, we look back, you know, it takes us back to faith building moments on the cross when the Lamb of God was sacrificed, crucified, and his blood was shed so that we could all escape the wrath of God. I think we, we draw hope from the fact that what happened was the fulfillment of all the promises of God that we see in the Old Testament. 
you know, going right back to Genesis chapter three, when he promised that the seed of the woman was going to crush the head of the serpent. And it's a reminder of the fact that we can trust in God. We can trust in him to keep his promises to always come through for us. And there's great hope in that. You know, we draw hope from the fact that when that Christ went all the way to the cross, he was betrayed by one of his disciples. He was abandoned uh, by the rest of them at, at, at the hour that you probably that he really needed them the most. But yet Jesus pressed on. He did not abandon us. He did not give up. Even when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Father, you know, if this your will, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. But he submitted himself to the will of the Father and said, said, let your will be done. You know, Jesus Christ finished what he came to do. He is reliable and we can hope in him. He can be our hope because of that. So when we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper, you know, we look back at what Christ has done and what that means for us here and now. And then there's also this um, this future aspect that comes out as we come together to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You know, we look forward, we, we share together, we, we celebrate in hope. And Jesus sets the context for that in what we read in Mark chapter 14, verse 25. It says, truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. I know Paul elaborates uh, on that in 1 Corinthians 11, 26. says, well, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we celebrate, we take the Lord's Supper in eager anticipation and expectation of what is yet to come. You know, we look forward in, in hope of his return. We look forward in hope towards his return. Uh, Paul writing to Titus in Titus 2 verse 13, he says, we wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the future that we all have to look forward to when Christ will come again in glory, when all things will, will be made new, when we will be with him in his kingdom. What a great hope that is. And I think for me, the question sometimes that I ask myself and I ask other Christians is that, do we have that future hope? Do we truly have that future hope? Do, am I looking forward to Christ's return with eagerness? Am I anxious, eager, wanting him to come back? Or sometimes am I so caught up in what's going on in just the day-to-day -day life that I lose sight of this future hope that Christ has promised as he instituted the Lord's Supper here. You know, the future hope, it's, it's a sure hope as well. You know, we know it's going to come to pass. We know that this future hope is secure because we remember that as God has done everything that he promised to do in, bring, in Christ coming to this world, you know, dying for so that we could be redeemed, you know, we are assured that in the same way he's kept those promises, he will keep the promises of what is to come in the future. And so the Lord's Supper, as we look back in hope, we also look forward in hope. It points us to a new kingdom. It points us to reality where everything will be made new. It points us to celebrating with Christ when he will once again drink of the cup at that great um, wedding feast of the Lamb. It points us to that. And that is a great hope. And then finally, we have a, a present hope as well. Because I think the Lord's Supper, it grounds us in the present. It grounds us 
in what's happening to us in our lives right here and right now. You know, as we take the bread, as we take the cup, as we eat, as we drink, you know, we proclaim, we await, we hope. And this all works on us and it, it molds us, it forms us spiritually. You know, looking back and looking forward, those two things in tandem, they, they shape us to be more like Jesus, to be, to be more like Christ. Uh, they empower us to live life practically for Christ in the present. You know, it's because of the, the past and the future that we can endure times, seasons like the one we're going through now, and still be able to have hope. It's because of what Christ has done, it's because of what the future holds for us, that we can face times of, of persecution, face times of testing, and still have hope. It's because of what Christ has done in the past, because of what the future holds for us, that we can have times when, when, we're, when we're sick, when, when we need healing, and we can still have hope. All because of what Christ has done, all because of the symbolism that we get when we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. You know, Paul, he talks about how, uh, it, you know, him looking forward to the future hope in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He said, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So Paul was able to go through light momentary affliction here. here. Why? Because he had his eyes on that eternal weight of glory, the future hope that was beyond all comparison, beyond anything that, could go, that he could endure here in this world. And what was Paul's light momentary affliction? He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people. And he goes on and on and on. And for Paul, all these things he could count as light momentary affliction. Why? Because he had that future hope in his sights. And we have to be the same way. Whatever it is that we go in in this world, truly it is light momentary affliction. When we weigh it up in the scales, when we weigh it up, when we balance it up against what the future holds for us. So whenever we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper, you know, let's look back at what Jesus has done. You know, literally, it's, a, it's a, the memorial, the remembrance that we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. It is a time we are there. We are partaking of that meal with Christ. You know, we take the bread, his body. We take the cup, uh, his blood shed, the new covenant. You know, we have freedom from the wrath of God because of what Christ has done. I don't have to live in fear of judgment for, for my life, for the sins I've committed because Christ has paid the price already. So I can live my life in hope. I can live my life in freedom because of what Christ has done. And then let's look forward to the future as well. You know, let's look forward knowing that whatever happens to us in this world, whatever, whatever happens in this life, whatever challenges we face, you know, the, the struggles that we face. And I'm not making light of it because we will face challenges. We will face real struggles in this life. You know, some of us will face situations where we'll face tremendous persecution because of our faith. But when those times come, you know, we can endure. We can have hope to endure. Why? Because of the future that Christ promises us with him. So let, let this meal, let it, let it shape us. Let it mold us to be more like Christ. Let it empower us to live for him today. 
And, you know, let the Lord's Supper always be a time to remind ourselves of the hope that Jesus is to us. Let it be a time to remind ourselves that he is our hope. And you know, I just want to speak specifically to someone or people who are feeling hopeless today. Maybe you look at your life, you look at the way things are going, and you just feel that there is no hope. You know, there's nothing, there's there's nothing left for you. I want to encourage you, you know, as we go on to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, as we go on to share this meal together this morning, look in hope to Jesus. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to just minister to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to expand this word in your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit uh, to just to, to reveal to you the hope that Jesus is. You know, just let that let these let, let the Holy Spirit just open up your hearts so that you can truly know that Jesus Christ is your hope. And I believe that as you do that, you'll find hope, not just for now, but hope that will keep you going until the very end. I pray that, you know, God will just allow this word to expand in our hearts and bless it in us so that we know the hope that we have in Christ. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, because of the hope that we have in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he is our hope, that we can rest on what he has done in the past. We can look forward to what the future holds for us in Christ, and we can have hope to live right here and right now and power to do the things that you have called us to do. So I just pray, Lord, that you will expand this word in our hearts, Lord. Help us to, to truly understand what it means, that, that, that phrase, that, that, the fact that hope is a person, that hope is Jesus, and to live our lives in the light of that understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Tope. I guess I just want to say hallelujah. What a wonderful wonderful saviour what what a wonderful reminder of the hope that we have in him i feel strengthened listening uh, to that being reminded afresh of those truths and uh, friends it really feels like god has been speaking to us through this morning and we we feel as i said before that we're expecting that, that he would do that so please do feedback to us and and let us know uh, what it is he's been speaking to you or doing in your life we uh, we want to capture some of that. We believe that he is bringing courage, encouraging us uh, on this journey together, that uh, even though we can't see one another, we uh, we can rejoice in what God is doing amongst us. Thanks for joining.